Welcome. Welcome to the Robin Robinson Show. How you guys doing today? I hope you guys are doing well. Anyway, I have a guest. Her name is Taiba. Hey, Taiba. Hey, how you doing? I'm good. Welcome to the Robin Robinson Show. I was so looking forward to having you on my show as a guest. You know that? Well, thanks for uh, letting me be here. Well, you know, you have had such a colorful life that... (laughs) Indeed. (laughs) (laughs) A a lot of times I look at TV and I see women who have been into the game of life. If you know what I mean, my listeners, read read between the lines. You know, when a woman or a man's been in a game for a long time and... They make their money a certain way, and, and, you know, a lot of them are smart. They invest their money, and they buy houses and homes. They just don't be in the game without being able to have something to show for it. You know what I mean? So, I just want to ask you a few questions, Taiba, if it's okay with you. Uh, yes, it is. Okay. So, let me ask you something. You, you've been in the game a long time, and... You know what I mean when I say the game with drugs and and just being a person with a brain and a head to be able to maneuver and make stuff happen, right? Yes. Um, What would you tell somebody that is just starting out trying to get in the game or someone that's trying to get out of the game? First of all, anyone that's out there now trying to get into what they call today's game, would have to be stone cold out there damn mind. You know, there's nothing out there but death and misery. And if they watch TV and love all these uh, black-oriented drug movies, they would already know that. And as far as, you know, someone that's in the game and trying to get out, everybody's situation is different. Some people are not able to get out. Some are so far into the game that getting out could cost them their life, could cost their family's life, you know. And some of them, they're too scared to even make an attempt to get out. But if you can, if you're in the game and you can get out, please do. That is nowhere to be at all. It brings so much hurt and misery down on a person. You have to worry about uh, do the people know where you live at? Do they know where they fam- your family live at? You have to worry about if you don't have their money or somebody's money, even the loan shark's money to repay him back for the money that you don't borrow, are they going to hurt you, kill you, or do the same thing to your family? I've known people where whole families have gotten killed because of a person that called themselves being in the game or dealing with somebody that was in the game. It's nothing but death and misery. That's true. In jail time. Let's not forget oh, that. Right. Because in I, jail. I know some brothers. I know some brothers that have been in the game for a long time. Well, let me just put it out there to my listeners. This person here, her name is Tyber, and she's somebody that I've known for a lo- long time. Um, that's been in the game and being that I wasn't in the game, I got introduced to her and some people and we were just like very good friends. Am I right, Taiba? Yes, still are. Um, I knew what the game was all about, but the game is not for everybody. Let's face it. 
You know, some people get addicted to the game. Some people like that fast money. They like to turn it over. They like to sell whatever they do in life to make ends meet. Or some people just do it as a high. You know, it's so addicting and the money's coming in so quick that they they just, they love it. They worship it. This is all they know. They don't want anything else. A nine to five would not be good for that average person that's in the game, right? That's correct. So, uh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, it's like, uh, there's a saying, the streets are not for everybody. That's why they make sidewalks. Those who do, do. Those who can't or don't, keep their feet on that sidewalk because the streets are definitely not for them. Let me ask you something, Taiba. When you were in the game, did you, I know you invested your money and you bought property and you did all those great things because a lot of those times I was with you. I was at the big house um, on the lake and enjoying myself and having champagne and, you know, just having some good conversation. Some people that I don't think that I would have normally had the pleasure of dealing with, to be honest. Am I right or wrong? You're right. Um, there was a lot of different classes of people, a lot of different nationalities, right? Um, True. And, um, but it was always pleasant. I mean, you know, when you, whenever you did your game and your business and everything, you kept me out of that stuff. That's right. Why well, bring somebody into something that you know probably could cost them their life? You know, me doing what I was doing and messing around with, with my life and stuff is one thing, but involving somebody else, that was really, you know, not my, my thing. And the money was good, the clothes was good, the drugs was good, the men was good, the cars were definitely good <laughs> along with the property, and you understand, but if I knew then I know now would I do that again excuse me y'all hell to no no I would not but at the same time everything I did back then uh, the people I knew the places I've been the things that I learned it made me into the woman that I am today and I'm most happy about that there that's, that's all I got to say about that there Well, no, I I agree with you because there were many, many times where, you know, you would send a car to pick me up and uh, I would enjoy a beautiful meal and, you know, just a lot of great company and I would have money that I didn't have before because you allowed me these things, you know. And um, when I talk about you being in the game, you were not just a person out to get money, didn't care who you heard, because I know some of those too, okay? That, right. And, and sometimes, Taiba, the women are worse than the men out there. Oh, most definitely they were when, girl, when I was out there, they were definitely worse than the men were or could ever think they would be. You understand, they, they have you thinking, oh, a woman can't beat a man, that's BS. I knew women that could beat men with one hand behind their backs and didn't have no problem doing it, period. You know, so never tell a woman what she can or cannot do. Well, I, I agree with you on that. You got them out there like that. Well, this is true because we, we, we were around some tough cookies and uh, and that the tough cookies that we were around were not 
people that were in the drug game. You know, there was a set of friends over here. There was a set of friends over here. And then there were the people that you don't want to know. Okay. You just don't want to know because, and, and, and with me knowing you for so many years, I, I, there was a time in my life. I have to tell you, Taiva, um, you would come and send a car for me or pick me up or whatever you would do to get me out the house or whatever, you know, um, and I enjoyed that. And, and, and back in the day, I mean, I was young and dumb and I didn't know no better. You know, I'm here with my girl and she's doing her thing. She, she making stuff happen. You know what I'm saying? I mean, limousines and all the money you could think of and the clothes was out of this world. You know, if you bought so-and-so something, you made sure you bought me. You understand? You made sure if they ate, everybody ate. And a lot of people today are in the game, but they don't look out for people. You understand me? This thing, this 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 game thing that people play and they really get into it, it's not a lifetime thing. You know, uh, Robert, you, that's because those out there that say they're in the game, they have become the game. That's what it is. You know, they have become that game. They say that they play so freaking hard. They know nothing, nothing at all. But I will say this. I will say looking back on those years with some great years, I'm going to be honest with you now. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I, I'm just, you know, because, yeah. hey, listen, I would I would hang with you, you know. Um, and, and, you know, and, and nobody bothered you back in the day. I mean, whether you carried it. You know, I was crazy as hell. You understand what I'm saying? That TV and I did back then. That's what uh, that type of, I wouldn't say notoriety, but having that type of money and knowing the people that you did know, doing the drugs that you did do, make you think, you know, like you untouchable. Ain't no freaking body untouchable, <laughs> you know, and anybody who's thinking, oh, I have lost the ever mind, but to me back then, yeah, I was untouchable, I was crazy, I did what I had to do, and I didn't care, but I also had a conscience at the time, there were certain things that Taiba would not do, and there was things you couldn't get Taiba to do, you know, period. Well, you know, some people um, that have used drugs or sold drugs or abused drugs, a lot of people didn't have a conscience back in the day. Uh, Very few people. See, you know, it's so funny. I grew up in an era where people were um, shooting drugs, and I was always afraid. I'm going to be honest with you. I never would. If I found out somebody was shooting drugs, I would end the conversation right there, but they would never know that I wasn't dealing with them. You follow me? Because I was always afraid of this person's doing it and and I don't want to be caught up with them or be affiliated with them. You know what I'm saying? But at the same time, I've always had to sit back and take a look at you and how you ran your business. I mean, it was, it was like an empire. When I tell you it wasn't a small mom and pop store and I'm not trying to glorify it for my listeners by no means because there's a price that everybody pays when you're up there and then when you fall down or or you decide that it ain't going the way that you want this game to go because this game will eat you up and swallow you out no more in done 
If you're not dead, you're in jail. And most a memory. That, that's right, just a bad memory, you know. But uh, I thank God that you were able to get out of that game with your right mind and still some money in your pocket, some paper. And you know? with, my long, with my life. With your life too. Okay, I was going to say that. With my life and my freaking sanity. Well, that that means a lot. <laughs> I mean, but the thing of it is, is that you got out. That's the main thing. Yes, it is, and that's a you know that's a beautiful thing, uh, uh, Robert, to be able to say that you lived through some of the best times of your life, and then some of the worst times. You've been around the best people and the devil's people, and. God didn't take your soul while you was out there doing all that dumb stuff and you here to talk about it. You know, I'm still breathing at 75 and a half years old and I am so thankful to Allah for that. You understand what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. I agree with you. I mean, hey, listen, you know, I mean, I might have been the youngest out the bunch, right? But I looked, I learned. And I always kept my my nose to the ground so I could hear everything that was going on in my environment. Because that's how you learn, you know. Yeah. You, you learn what not to do. What and not. You kept your mouth shut and minded your business, so. Yeah, it's true. See, that's that all you had to do. works for a person out there. Well, that's true today, but a lot of people, you know, they go to jail, they rat on people, and, and that's a no-no, you know, that's something you don't do. And, and when I was dealing with um, a particular human being, which I won't mention their name, uh, different race, different race, um, right. always said to me, you keep your mouth shut and you live. Um, and, and I never wanted to know anything, you know, I, I'm not a scary cat, don't get me wrong, you know me. But, 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 there are times you know who to mess with and you know who not to deal with, okay? Indeed. And that's that's just how it was. But I want to, you know, I'm so grateful to you today. Um, I want people to know that my podcast is just not about cancer. It's not about being sick. It's about real life shit. <laughs> for real. <laughs> for real, for real. I don't think they do. I don't think they do. Yeah, this is true. This is so true, you, you know? know. But anyway, I want to go to another avenue with you. I want to go sure. to you became a Muslim, right? Yes, in 1969. So what made you become a Muslim woman? Uh, first of all, let me uh, make everybody understand it's Allah who makes people Muslim. Outside of that, uh, me and, what was that girl's name? Stella Daniels. Me and Stella and uh, uh, her twin sisters, one day in the summer, we were standing on the corner of Sumter Street and Hawkinson Avenue in Brooklyn. And we're looking down the block, and all you can see is all this white stuff, you know, like walking towards us. And when they got closer, it was these very tall, very fine behind brothers dressed in all white, looking like what I thought Jesus would look like. And I turned around and looked and said, damn, you know, I want me one of those. I, I said, yeah, I got to have me one of those. Tall glasses <laughs> of water. Learned, learned about Islam, right? So the brothers 
world to stop and as they started speaking with us they asked us about uh, did we believe in God and uh, we told them yes and one thing led to another and I became mesmerized you know by what they were saying and all of a sudden I actually felt everything they were saying to me was the truth and I became a Muslim I think it was that same day yeah as a matter of fact it was it was that same day in 1969 uh, uh, yeah summer 69 and uh, it went on uh, from there I've been Muslim since there uh, since then since 1969 there are years where I haven't always practiced Islam because the uh, brother at that time that I had married, they were still doing things that they had no business. And in my mind, if you're gonna be something, you know, be it or don't mess with it at all. And due to the fact that I was participating, you know, and uh, say they were still smoking weed and stuff, Mm -hmm. we were still smoking weed. So I stopped practicing Islam for, oh girl, I don't know. It was a, a lot of years, a lot of years where I went back out into the street and back out into that street, I again fell into certain traps and did uh, a whole lot of things. And as a matter of fact, it was over a period of uh, 40 years, believe it or not. You know, I was out there in the street doing things, in and out, you know, running and stuff. Went to jail, never did any time, though. And then one day I told uh, my sister, you know, I'm tired. I think I'm becoming an alcoholic. And I decided to go in and get cleaned up. And when I went in and got cleaned up, I took my shahada all over. For those who don't know, your shahada is your declaration of faith. Okay. And and since then, you know, I've been on the street and and now I practice uh, Islam to the best of my ability. Uh, I've been married this time for 12 years to my husband. Mm -hmm. Uh, He is 20 years younger than me. Okay. And you know, we ain't rich, but we have a damn good, a damn good life. Okay. You know, I don't worry about who's gonna knock on my door with a gun trying to kidnap me or kidnap my <laughs> family member. You know, I'm I'm just uh, living a regular life. I ain't gotta go talk about. It. Let's go do the Willie Bobo no more. Okay. <laughs> because now we doing we doing rug life. I'm not doing thug life. We doing rug life. We hitting that floor five times a day. You know, we pray together. We go places together. But you know me, Rob. A lot of time I like to be by myself. I visit sisters. You know, I visit sisters my age, some younger than me. And uh, I just try to be the best uh, Muslim that I can be. Exactly. Because when I die, I have to answer for everything I ever did in my life. I have to answer for how I treat not only others, but how I treated myself. My body is alone from law. And years before, you know, I dogged it and messed it up. I'm not doing that no more. Well, you you know, know, it's wonderful. I I understand that because... uh, I uh, didn't know a lot about Muslims. I mean, you know, I had a family member, a brother that uh, became a Muslim, but I think he was practicing 
before he went into incarceration for a brief moment, you know. But um, let me ask you some questions about that. I want to touch base with that real quick. Now, um, I myself don't pretend to know a lot about Muslims because I don't. But what I want to ask you is that, is it true what they say that the Muslim man can marry four or five different wives if he can afford... Okay, well, break it no, down. Break it not, down to me. not true. Break what it down. Is, uh, there's a, a cap on how many women that uh, a brother can marry. First of all, that came about because back in the days of Prophet Muhammad, uh, peace be upon him, and even before that, they had wars where so all the a lot of the men, not all the men, got killed, and they left so many widows and children uh, behind. And that meant they had nobody to take care of them. And that's how that came about. And uh, let me see, I'm trying to remember if I can get the... If, if get it right. I don't want to misquote it. Um, it tells you uh, to marry. Uh, if you can't treat an orphan uh, fairly, because those are the orphans that was left because of the war, then marry women of your choice, two, three, or four. But if you feel that you can't do them just, then one is best for you if you but knew. Now, contrary to popular belief, the majority of Muslim men have only one wife, okay? Because they can't afford it. Are they kidding me? You can't, they can't afford it. <laughs> now, if you live in Saudi Arabia, someplace like that's different, that, right? Dubai, yeah. where they got millionaires and billionaires, that's fine. But first of all, the man has to be just, and when they say he has to be just. They're talking about just with his time, with his money, mm-hmm. okay? That means if he has, say, for example, he has four wives. Each one of the wives has to have their own home, mm-hmm. okay? Each of the wives have to have, if that one got a refrigerator, that one has to have a refrigerator. If you buy that one a car, you got to buy everybody a freaking car. You understand what I'm saying? He can be just with that if he has the money, but he cannot be just with his heart. And you know there's going to be a favorite in the bunch. Oh, there's always. Always. You know, there's always going to be one favorite. <laughs> don't necessarily mean that favorite going to be that first wife. Hey. Well, and that's what upset uh, a lot of sisters. See, a lot of, um, even a lot of the brothers don't really understand polygamy because you got a lot of, excuse my expression, what I call them cockhounds that are in Islam. And they figure, oh, I'm going to get me four brothers, I'm going to have me four wives, yeah, and I'm laying up with four women. Wow. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It don't work like that. It don't work like that. If you cannot even afford that first wife, you're not supposed to marry. Wow. Wow. Unless unless she makes that agreement. See, because when you marry in Islam, you have to give the woman a a, a dowry. And her dowry is what she asks for. Uh, Say, like, if you're a millionaire, she asks you for a million dollars. That's what you got to give the sister a million dollars to marry. That money is her money. Okay. In let, Islam, a let, woman's money is hers. She don't have to account to her husband mm. for it. She don't have to tell him how much money she gets. She don't have to 
to spend none of her money. The only thing she's supposed to do is take care of the children and the house. You know what I think? He's you know what I think? Huh? You know you know what I think we're going to do? We're going to do a part two. About, oh, okay. You know why? Because this is long. This is extended. And I, I'm pretty sure a lot of my listeners are intrigued by this. The ones that don't know anything about Muslim women or men. You you, you get what I'm saying? Oh, okay. Yeah, we can, we can do that. I would so love... information and get you the exact, the exact quote on it. I would love that. Everything. I would yeah, I really, can do that. I would really love that, man. You know, uh, we, sure. we're winding down right now. But what I okay. want to say to you is that I enjoyed this, and you know me, I like real life stuff. I don't like <laughs> fake you know and make believe. <laughs> you know what I mean? Give it to me straight. No chase. No chase. But I just want to say, Taiba, thank you for being so transparent. Most, uh, you're so very welcome. Listen, most people are not open to discussing their colorful life. You know what I mean? Their colorful past. But you know what? I just love you and I want to say thank you. And I am going to mark it down on my calendar that we do a part two on okay. Muslims and a, and a woman being a Muslim. I think that is so fascinating. I'm going to be very honest with you. And I just... I, I love the show. I really love the show. And um, thank you. Just thank you for being here, being honest about your life. Anyway, you guys know what I say. Things happen in everyone's home. Bye.